Hey, this is Katie Jane, and you're listening to episode five of the Country Music Podcast. Today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Renee Jonas, and she is on her way to the Academy of Country Music in Tamworth to start on an epic 12, uh, sorry, yeah, 12 days, isn't it? 12 days of learning about the country music industry, um, performing, and just really soaking it all up, all the knowledge that's available to her there. Welcome, Renee. Hi. Hi. So tell us a little bit about the Academy. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It sounds like it's going to be an awesome opportunity. There's um, a lot of um, potential for songwriting and performing and just networking with um, heaps of other people that are at a similar kind of level to me in the industry. And yeah, it's going to be great. So who are the, how does it work? Like, I mean, I'm asking you these like I don't know the answer. So I took the Academy <laughs> three years ago um, and there's three tutors from memory. So <laughs> you when, probably know better than I do. <laughs> what what do you know? So you're walking, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> this is the exciting thing because you're walking in blind, yeah. and um, you rang me yesterday, and you're like, "What do I pack?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I had no idea. I was like, "Do they have air conditioning? Do they have a swimming pool? I don't Can know." Can I wash my hair? Can I wash my like, hair? <laughs> so my advice was, it's hot, um, pack yes. light, and it's busy, and you really you start early in the morning and you finish like late, late at night, mm. and it's exhausting, but it's so very worth it. But sitting on this side of the fence, and maybe we'll check back in with you when you've completed yeah. the academy and just, just see what the experience really was. Um, so what's your understanding of what's going to happen over the next two weeks? Yeah, well, not not a lot, to be honest. I just, I just know that there's going to be a lot of, um, not lectures as such, but workshops and a lot of... Um, mentors and guest mentors and what do you think is the biggest thing you're going to gain out of this like probably the networking i mean yeah. the one thing i think um from other people that have attended or from um people like uh, roger and lynn have talked about it's it and roger said, corbett and lynn botel they're the managing directors of the academy of country music great artists in their own right as well yeah um they sort of really talk about the bond of friendship that you you know, make yeah. with all the other academy people, and, and that's this you know. is true. Three years on, and I've still got buddies from Academy of Country Music, and we stay at each other's houses. We still mm. have phone calls, and and you know, really try and corral each other up. We play gigs with some some of the attendees, and you do get this sense of like, well, we're like 2017 represent. Like yeah. Very, you know, so you'll be Academy 2020. 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there is, and it's a bit of a family too. Even with Academy graduates from the years before, you kind of feel that mm. kind of inclusion and family as well. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, so what? How did you get to a point? Let's 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 do your origin story. I mean, you've got quite a good origin story. You've been in the music industry for twenty years or something. Yeah, a bit over twenty years. I did start quite young. She's, yeah, she started <laughs> young, guys. She's not old. <laughs> so take us take us way back because on face value, when I first met you, I had no idea. Yeah, no idea. You're classically trained. Classically trained singer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you've been, you know, you just found your way back to us in the country music industry and that's when I met you Yeah, um, at the DAG. So yeah, I started when I was a kid and I, um, I grew up in a small country town called Kyogle and it's in northern New South Wales and there was really only two types of music up there. There was a lot of country music and so I was actually um, a part of quite a lot of the local country music associations, 
Kyogle Casino, um, did a lot of stuff at Grafton. and So, um, so you're talking like singing country songs? Singing like, country, yeah. Like I was doing the talent circuit at the same time the McClymonts were doing. Oh, <laughs> so you were up against the McClymonts? I was up against the McClymonts, Girl, yeah. Girl, tough gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three against one. <laughs> yeah, well, I you know, held my own. <laughs> oh. So what kind of songs were you singing back then? Um... A lot of Shania Twain, um, Tanya Kernigan, Trisha Yearwood, nice. Leanne Rhymes. Can all you of give that us a little bit of a of a old school country female chorus? Ooh, okay. Um, oh man, what was some <laughs> of the? It was funny actually because I I did yeah I did a lot of songs that um that I don't know that were really kind of common back then I guess. It's um, such an era for it too. Like yeah. you know like who's bad, have you boots been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah, man, I feel like a woman, like yes. all of that stuff. That sounds um, still a banger today. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um but yeah I mean how do I live was one of those Come songs on. that I all right. um how do I live without you? I want to know how do I live without you? If you ever go, how will I ever, ever survive? How do I, oh, how do I, oh, how do I live? So, I love that we've just woken up and you can belt that out. I was like, how's she going to get that note? Oh, I know, I was like, how am I going to get that yeah, note? Yeah, I your face and you were like, <laughs> Classical training. Yes, perfect. So yeah, I was singing. I was doing the country music circuit at like very young, and um, but the only um, singing training was um, classically. Classical, so yeah. I was, you know, one weekend I'd be going to you know Queensland and singing at the like Champion of Champions, and then the next weekend I'd be at a classical at Stedford <laughs> <laughs> singing. You know, like from Les Mis and stuff like that. So it was quite a funny um, hybrid of like, you know, me being a kid and then all through high school and stuff. And then when I finished high school, I, you know, I, I just, there was no real job opportunities or anything around Kyogle. Um, so, you know, fairly high unemployment area and stuff. So I had, I mean, had to no move away. There's no specialist jobs in classical singing either. No, not, not really. Not really no. in the daily trade or anything. No. <laughs> And um, yeah, so I, I moved to Melbourne and um, and at the time, I know that there's a thriving uh, country scene down there old now, country old scene, country yes. scene, but yeah, but um, yeah, when I finished high school, there was no such thing as country music in Melbourne, so <laughs> I was, um, I kind of moved down there and I, I got back into classical music inadvertently really because... I was working in cafes and I was I was sick all the time when I was down in Melbourne. Like I lived in Melbourne for three years and was sick the entire time. Just because of the air quality or just the um, yeah the 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 weather. You know they talk oh, about right. like five seasons yeah. in one day and I was a poor student that had to catch public transport everywhere. So you're always cold and sick. And, and yeah. I didn't. I wasn't diagnosed until after I left Melbourne with asthma. So I was more susceptible to it. So I was just constantly sick. So I ended up. Staying there for three years, but it was very miserable, and I kind of didn't. I, I got back into um, classical singing because um, I actually developed throat nodules from working in a cafe, oh. 
I Dear. don't speak correctly apparently. Oh no. <laughs> so and trying to talk over like coffee machines and, right. and milkshake machines and like background radio and all that kind of stuff was just killing my voice. So ended up having to go back, rehabilitate my voice wow. classically. Um, yeah, which was quite um, scary at the time. And then after that... Scary because you thought you may not be able to sing again. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty... Yeah. And you love singing. Like, yeah, I love singing. I love talking. And, yeah. <laughs> and I went that's to... That's true. <laughs> I, went to a, I went to a speech pathologist who told me not to speak for months. Like, don't make a noise. Don't... And did you? Yeah, I did it. Wow. Over, over Christmas and New Year's as well. Oh, my god. You can imagine me trying to do my Christmas shopping and I'm, like, writing things down on a pattern and oh. paper. And people were, like, looking at me like, can you hear me? And I'm like, yes, I just can't speak. <laughs> so it was quite interesting. But, um, yeah, it was quite a challenge. Um, and then, um, anyway, I then moved to Brisbane and had a similar kind of time of it in that Brisbane was quite clicky. It seemed to, to be a lot more like indie rock right vibe than yeah. country or classical and so you or anything were like searching that. for that community i was definitely well i was yeah i was searching for i mean i was i was doing different music courses like when i was down in melbourne i did a um a diploma in um, sound engineering and then yeah, i went yes. up to brisbane and did a diploma in music performance and was trying to do different things to just find a community find my your tribe. My tribe yeah. and my style. You know, I was doing all sorts of different things. I started doing jazz and I started doing <laughs> pop and I was in a disco band for three years and, you know, do, just doing everything. To and figure just figure out where you fit. Figure out where I fit. Yeah. Um, I ended up moving back down to Kyogle. It, ironically, I went there for three months to do, like, my own little mini um, songwriting retreat from the world. And, um, Fair enough. And at the end of it, I'd been offered, like, a job teaching at the local music school and local producers were like come over we'll record your demos and and you know I'd, so you were kind offered. of finding a tribe yeah, accidentally like accidentally. when you stopped looking <laughs> i know and i was like no 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 i don't want to do it in Kogel. this is my hometown <laughs> so um yeah and i joined like two different bands as the singer and so it kind of all happened and i, I ended up staying for three years oh wow but at the end three of that three years seems to be your thing i know i know yeah 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 it really was i did three years in melbourne three years in brisbane and then three years in Kyogle. And then I went, I've got to get out. Like, if I don't get out now, I'm going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm not going to, I'll get yeah. stuck. So I moved to Sydney. That was actually January the 10th, 2010. So I'm wow. nearly at my exact 10 year anniversary in Sydney. Congratulations. And how's it working out? Really good. So pretty early into me being in Sydney, I actually had, um, I actually had the 10 Sopranos that they actually found me. I don't know how they found me through Star Now or something so like the that. Ten, give us a little rundown. So you started working with the Ten Sopranos. Yeah. What what exactly is that? So the Ten Sopranos is three is three is ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's just three people. It's just three people. <laughs> They're all tenors. <laughs> um, so it's. Ten female singers that all sing soprano. Okay. Um, so they were nine. Yeah, um, well, actually, yeah, they must have been nine and they, they were holding auditions and they actually wanted three of us because they wanted, they wanted to have 12 in total so right. they could do like, have, have people as backup for, yes, you know, yeah, because they sort of do need to have 10 people on stage at all times. Um, 
Anyway, so they, they found me and asked me to come audition for them. Um, I went along and auditioned for them. and Smashed uh, it. Smashed it. <laughs> got accepted into the group. And, um, and very rapidly, within a few months, I was... Um, one of their lead soloists. So not every ten, not every soprano in the ten sopranos even got a solo. So break it down. Is it like a choir? Well, it sort of is, but don't oh, don't, don't tell ever them. tell them that. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. They would. It's a performing. Group. They 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 like to think of themselves as ten amazing soloists that are like powerhouse but not everyone gets a solo yeah well so, there are a couple of us but what, yeah what kind of songs were you singing like were well, you on cruise ships were you like you know not obviously not a pub gig yeah um, no it was more like regional theaters okay. and so, so a touring acts yeah definitely a touring acts so i toured for five and a half years with them and it was incredible like i went to places i've never yeah. ever been to in my life and wouldn't really have expected to go I went to places like Mount Isa and yeah, nice. Tasmania, yeah. Barossa Valley, was over, did like a full um, tour of the West Coast. So you're at a point where you weren't really a broke musician anymore. Yeah, you like, yeah. You are actually working. I was working, I was a pro professional yeah. singer and it was amazing. But at the end of the, you know, towards the end of the five year mark, I was just kind of getting, not jaded, but just... I didn't really feel like I was being musically fulfilled. Like I loved yeah. the challenge of singing classically, but it's not my style. I, I never, I've never ever in my life sat down and tuned into the classical station. Yeah, and, right. You know, so I, it wasn't where your heart was. No, and all of the other girls, all of the other girls would know. They knew all the other, like all the top classical singers in the world, and they knew all the like different musicals and all the operas so, and all of that. that was their passion that's their style they would never do anything else it wasn't really your tribe wasn't no, no. exactly <laughs> and i was literally going i've been singing this song for five years and i don't even know what it's about right and okay. i and and that's the thing for me with country i've always connected with the story and yeah. i wanted to understand that and i was like i'm singing this thing in italian and i don't even i think i'm singing about a tree but i don't <laughs> i don't know what's going on so, I so just, you were unfulfilled. I was feeling unfulfilled and I was I was still listening. So I was listening to country music, more yeah. American country music than, than anything else. But I was lit, like, when I was tuning music in for my own listening pleasure, it was always country. And when I was writing, because I was still doing a lot of writing, it was pretty much country, country pop more yeah. so, but a um, bit of trad and a bit of alt country in there as well. And so... I was singing this one style and that was so completely removed from anything else that I was doing. And I took the big decision to go, okay, I'm going to leave the 10 Sopranos and I'm going to go out on my own and try and be a soloist. Purely to focus on country music as a solo artist? Yeah. Well, yeah. To, to yeah. be able to become a solo recording artist performing my original songs, which were country right. based. Yeah. yeah. So, and so then I had to start this whole big journey of, of well, I've been out of the country mix industry where for, where yeah. do I fit now? I have and been I out of it for so long. This is where our journey starts to overlap. Mm. Like I met Renee at the DAG songwriter retreat, um, 2017. Yeah. So it's just yeah. after I'd done my academy. Yeah. And, uh, we've been friends ever since and I've watched you grow. Mm. I've watched you go from, all right, I want to be in this industry and I've watched mm. you write songs and I've watched you play with a few different styles. And I feel like you're really coming into a point where you've just figured out exactly what you want. Yeah. 
exactly what you want to sound like yeah and exactly where you want to go with your music yeah absolutely and i really think that um showcases itself in the fact you just got a top 10 in the kicks country chart i know oh i'm so excited yay, <laughs> yay. Best, best way to end 2019 exactly <laughs> and and i'm so happy for you because i know um i know that you wanted to be included so much and that's mm. and if we get real about our industry there's a lot of seclusion going on, and, and for yeah. you and me both, yeah. we've both been on the outside of the industry. So yeah. talk me through the process of like how frustrating it was kind of trying to get people to take you seriously, and then now how do you feel that you actually kind of got your way into the industry and they're actually mm. paying attention now and listening to you? Yeah, it's really interesting because on the one hand, coming from some of these other genres like classical and pop and and indie rock and all of you know being involved in some of those scenes they're not very inclusive either so so when I first came to country music I was like oh my gosh everyone's so friendly they're so lovely and 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 they are like for the most part the fans are just so encouraging other musicians are just so encouraging and it's just such it is lovely to be able to build friendships with like with people like yourself you know that that we can kind of be sounding boards for each other you know help each other out give each other advice you know pick me up when I'm feeling down kind of thing yeah we can be each other's cheerleader in a world full of you know exactly exactly but you kind of once so on the the very surface layer it was like so inclusive but then once I started actually digging in and trying to release songs and trying to actually get some traction trying and to stuff, get through some gatekeepers. Get, yeah, sudden, <laughs> suddenly it wasn't that easy. And then you're getting told things like, well, you've got to do your time and they've got to see that you're sticking around and that you're serious about this. And it was, that was really hard for me. Cause I was like, you've I, done your time. I was yeah. like, I've done my time. I've done like 23 years of time. Yeah. Like I've done the country music circuit before. I came back to country music and there were so many people that I still knew from the last time I was yeah. doing it. It's not like I, and, and it's not like I wasn't listening to country music that entire time. I was, but I wasn't involved in the industry. I didn't know who the players are. I don't, didn't know who important people were. I'd go to the industry events and start talking to someone over the like, you know, chips on the table and next thing someone's coming up to me going do you know who you were just talking to and I was like uh yeah John John his name's John and they're like he's so and so and I'm like oh I didn't know that (laughs) and I think you do go through a bit of a boot camp of figuring out who's who and I found that game very difficult very very difficult like I for me it was like I love to just be friendly and make friends with everyone I can't remember people's faces or names first of all and secondly like I don't really want to be playing games yeah I don't want to I I don't want on any level to be considered I don't ungenuine is not really a word what is it ingenuine disingenuous disingenuous yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's early and I come up with that (laughs) like I just I want to be I want to be able to be just be myself and not I'm not interested in I'm like you like I'm friendly to everyone but I'm gonna be as friendly to the queen as I am to the like cleaner that's sweeping the bathrooms like I don't I don't think that people should be put on a pedestal because oh they're more important or they're someone special well, I think or... that also is where it becomes hard and dangerous because when people are put on a pedestal it makes it even further away for us to reach them like, yeah you yeah. know what I mean like for us, for you and me entering this industry, 
it's really tough. Mm. And to like try and get people to first of all like you, second of all accept you. Yeah. It's it's not it's not just about oh like, have a great song and mm. everything will be fine. It's yeah. really not. But no. I think you're at a really good place now where you've kind of come full circle and you're sort of you know, that's where we're connecting as well. It's like actually now that we have social media, yeah, we don't really need to be trying to impress the industry. Yeah. All we need to be doing is making good songs. So it's kind of gone full circle and it's like... Yeah, and it's really interesting because now, you know, and in some ways the fact that I've gone out of country and have, have you know, been involved in a, in a number of the different mm. genres of music and their industries and have come back to country... I can see the parallels. I can see, you know, there are some things that every single genre is telling their, their you know, up-and-comers. They're all saying community. Community is everything. Build your tribe. Mm. Build the people that you trust. You know, connect with other artists and stuff that are on the same level because you all rise together. Like, help each yeah. other and then you will all rise together. So, on the one hand, there's, you know, that kind of thing. But they're, they're all saying you know what, it's never been a better time for an up-and-coming artist to d get directly to fans from all this social media and stuff. It's never been cheaper. It's never been more accessible. The most important things are, like, putting out content, lots of content, good but content. good content, yeah. not not stuff that if pe people have got to want to, to listen and, and look at and pay attention to. Because I think the best thing that I look at when I look at building a community, it's all about them. What can I yeah, do for them? Yeah. Every single post is this about them or is yeah. this about my ego? Yeah. And that's that's the easiest way for me to, to check myself before I wreck myself. You yeah. Because I mean? it's so easy to like get it wrong as well. Yeah. And I'm not perfect. 100% know that I'm not doing. I'm trying. I'm just throwing things out there and trying as much as I can. But I think we all are though. And and that's what you've got to do. I think this. part of the reason I've really have come to this conclusion over the years when I've again, had so much different advice from so many different people that are really successful in a lot of mm. the different genres, is that I've really come to the conclusion that nobody really, they can't give you advice because they don't know how they, they don't know how they did it. Yeah. They don't, and what will happen, what will work for one person will not work for someone else. That's so true. You know, I had, um, I get mentored by Amber Lawrence and she, she was saying to me just before Christmas, you know, she, she was like, oh, Renee, uh, in terms of things, like just how the industry's changed, she's like, she was saying to me, look, Renee, I, I, you can't go on the same journey that I went on it's because different it's now. different. She said, yeah. you know, back when she was an up and comer, she was like, it was easier to, not, I'm saying, not that it was easy, but it was easier to get on CMC because there weren't as many artists. Exactly. There weren't as many female artists. There weren't as many, you know, again, she was able to get support acts with um, some great, you know, Aussie icons because there just weren't as many um, amazingly talented people as there are in the industry right now. This is also really cool too because, yeah, like the genre is growing. Which is amazing. More artists, yeah. more fans. Yeah. And we're really joining forces with that whole crossover market, yeah. that American Nashville sound. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. For it's us, it means that our, our target demographic is unlimited now. It's uncapped. Yeah. yeah. Whereas we had a small, tiny little niche of country music fans that we would share. But now we got the whole world. And I feel like country music in a way went through this kind of like 
stigma like people now now it's cool but it went through this real period where it was not cool and people didn't like it and they were like oh it's very old school when i lived in england they were they were still saying oh what like country and western yeah exactly (laughs) yeah they didn't they didn't understand these kind of more modern genres but now you've got like alt country america you know americana so many subjects subcultures some subgenres in this body and it's great (laughs) and it's great and there are so many talented musicians and, and people that are that are doing so well in and it. And it's all growing together, which yeah. is great. And the more the more artists there are, the more fans there are, the more fans that, you know Do you find that you have fans that are not even country fans? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually I had so one of the, the first single I actually released um, two years ago, and this was when I just had come into My the country. Yeah, yes. and and I had no clue what I was doing. I literally just threw it out into the world with a little bit of help from Amber. But I threw it out into the world, going, "I don't know what I'm doing. I've never released a single before." And um, and that's, that I think that's how everyone starts. Yeah, and <laughs> and it got really good traction. And and um, I I've got one or two fans from America. I don't even know how they. Um, how they found my song, but obviously they were Googling Christmas songs or something <laughs> and um, came across my song. And from there, they started listening to some of my other stuff. And they subsequently started listening to some of my friends, like oh, really? you and Danny. Oh, and, yeah. And now they're like, oh, now I'm a fan of Australian country music. And oh. I didn't even like country music. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. You know, and I love that. I think, and like this is I can be jaded we all know I can be jaded when I talk about the industry and I talk about gatekeepers but what gets me unjaded yeah is the the following the people yeah. they love music and we get to be a part of giving that experience or sharing their experience or yeah. just it's so beautiful that's my favorite part about this whole thing and that's one of the things I think that and that's why I think country is making such a strong comeback is that just mm, connection connection and, and the story and all of that kind of stuff is that people that genuinely love music, good music, are really being drawn to country, even if that's it's not because it's good music. <laughs> that's it, and and country music still focuses on good songwriting and good yeah. lyrics, and you know, and and connecting with their audiences. It's not just kind of like doof doof, doof you know, that kind. Not that that has a place as well. Like, yeah, you know, it has a place, just not at this table. Just not at this table. <laughs> Well, okay, let's let's get a little bit deeper. Um, do you mind? Let's talk about the mental health aspect of being yeah. a creative, like, yeah. you know, job security. Although you have a job, I have a job, and that, that puts more pressure on your shoulders. Well, right? yeah, it's good and it's bad. It's great in that. So, for example, when I was doing the Ten Sopranos, and this was also probably one of the reasons I, I in the end, decided to leave the Ten Sopranos was. I didn't have a lot of job security because I couldn't. We were doing so much touring that I couldn't hold, hold down, down a regular. yeah a regular job. But then you have large, you know, months where there was nothing really going on, and then yeah, trying no money, no money coming yeah. in, trying to pay rent and things like that was a little bit tough. Um, so I made the decision to go back to full time work, and for a couple of years I juggled full time work with the Ten Sopranos, oh, wow, and that yeah. was really challenging as well. And then after I finished with the Ten Sopranos, obviously I stayed full time employed. So so it's great in that I can now afford. I can afford to do things like the academy. Well, sort of. Well, sort of. <laughs> sort yeah. of. And, you know, I went to Nashville last year and things like that. You know, music costs money to make, unfortunately. Yes, It ma'am. really does. Indeed. So, <laughs> so it's good that I can, I can work to earn that money and, and put out music. Yeah. But the downside to that is 
I have to do all of my music outside of hours and I'm working music like it's a full-time job. So I have two full-time jobs. Also, just what we were talking about um, yesterday. So I, I've been helping Renee try and look at her social media in a different mindset. And um, she'd been watching my socials and really getting down on herself and feeling guilty and like not just mine, but comparing herself to other people mm. about... I should be doing that. I should be doing a weekly live. I should, I should, I should. Yeah, and then not feeling like uh, it's achievable for me mm -hmm. with my with my lifestyle and my limited availability. So, so what you kind of went full circle in saying was you decided to stop stop feeling guilty, and I think that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to really look at that as a self care tactic and yeah. go, this is the best I can do right now. But in, in saying that, you've now found a way to communicate that suits your needs yeah. and still, you can still engage with your people. So Absolutely. We just need a name for it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Renee's one, one minute mantra. <laughs> <laughs> Should rhyme with... So she does a one minute video and she does it whenever she feels like it. Yeah. And she just shoots the shit. I don't know if I need to beep that out, but, <laughs> um, but that works for you, right? Yeah, and because... You feel good about that. Yeah, I, I really struggled with committing to a, a regular weekly um, mm. time slot. It's because, hard. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and you tried. You did, I, did, yeah. I did try a couple of times, and, and just things like broken bones and things got in the way of it, which was its own little... And let's be honest, you still need to have a social life. Yeah, like, well, that's one you thing. You work full time. You've got a full time music career. Yeah. You need to have downtime. That's that is one of the things I need to focus on this year. Um, last year, I really didn't. I didn't. It was all about, was music. All about yeah. the music. You know, I was. It was twelve was hours a day of music, and then you know, nine hours a day of day job. So there's not a lot of love. Not enough time for meditation of, in there. No. <laughs> so you know, everything was. You know, I wasn't keeping up with friends. I wasn't. And you got doing a little anything. bit burnt out. Like I'm pretty sure I, I was, did get very I burnt got, out. I got quite burnt out, and yeah, yeah. you expressed that you'd felt quite similar. So yeah, I was exhausted. I felt very close to some kind of uh, emotional breakdown. I suppose. <laughs> no judgment. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I don't, I don't think I. I actually tipped over the edge, but I could feel myself getting so very close. You implemented some strategies, which was one step away for a little bit. Yeah. Just to keep yeah. your sanity, which is perfect. But yeah. But just, I had to get to the point where I, I had to stop feeling guilty that I wasn't reaching my own unreachable targets. Yeah. And, you know, I'd set myself, here's the 50 things I have to do today. And, you know, I'd get through <laughs> one of them oh God. and then feel guilty that I didn't achieve the other 49, you know, that, that kind of thing. And it was just, it was really getting me down and just feeling like I was a constant failure. And, and that, that's not a nice feeling. No. It's not nice to feel that way. Especially when all you're trying to do is just live your dream. And it's really hard when you're working so hard all the time that even amazing things come along and you're like, this is a milestone that I've never before achieved. Oh, I don't even have time to stop and appreciate it and enjoy Literally it. Literally exactly what I go through. Yeah. I have... It's like all these great things. I just scored an Adam Brand support slot. That's amazing. I haven't even had a second to even like feel good about yeah, that. Yeah. I was yeah. like so caught up in the negotiation and like trying to figure out the logistics. Yeah. And, and then you get caught up and I'm like, oh my God, I've just achieved so much stuff that younger yeah. me would have lost her mind over. Yeah. And you, you need, I forget to just take a second and yeah. go, oh wow. Yeah. 
That was really cool. Yeah. We're living our dream, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. So that that is really difficult. And I definitely don't feel like I've got any answers, but... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got resolutions. (laughs) 20 resolutions for 2020. (laughs) Um, But at least you're acknowledging this sort of stuff. And I think that's the really important thing. Yeah. Um, When I started my mental health journey, I'm such a different person now. Like, I'm so much more... um, just content because mm. I know that I'm so imperfect that it's actually okay because everyone is and we're all going through struggles Yeah, and this isn't going to last. I think the thing for me when, when you suggested to me that I do these one minute videos and mm. that they could be about anything and that I didn't have to be perfect in them, yeah. just be myself, I didn't have to like put on a, a happy face or put mm-hmm. on or even put on makeup. Exactly. <laughs> it really, um, you know, that kind of... It's like keeping up with the Joneses or yeah. trying to be so perfect when everyone else, you're like, wow, they look amazing all the time. Oh, did they just roll out of bed that way? And I just constantly feeling like that wasn't working for me and it wasn't it achievable. It wasn't part of your personality and it's not it's part, not of, part my of my person- personality. I'm a klutz. I'm the person that falls over thin yeah. air and like... I can't walk through a doorway without banging into one of the, the walls. Like, that's... So you may as well film that. <laughs> exactly. But that's exactly what I found out when I, re- when, I do- when I started doing my live videos. I had no idea what I was doing. I yeah. didn't know what I was stumbling on, right? Yeah. Touching. Um, and what happened was I found all these things out along the way. When I, when I did my third one and I was like, I just, I just don't have time for makeup. So I went on without makeup. Yeah. Like yeah. shock horror. Yeah. I never would have done that. Yeah. There were all the excuses why I never did live music. Oh, I don't wear makeup enough. I'm not yeah. interesting. I'm not funny. I'm not yeah. perfect. I can't play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And so instead of all that, January 3rd last year, I just went on live. Yeah. And I didn't play guitar. Wow. And yeah. I just talked. Yeah. And I did it every week. And then mm. eventually I started playing guitar. And it was great because then I started learning to play guitar for my life. And it was <laughs> yeah. this whole full circle thing. Yeah. And I liked it when I didn't wear makeup. Yeah. Because it feels real. Yeah. I'm not yeah. perfect. I'm not above anyone. Yeah. I'm right there in the trenches trenches with yeah. everyone else. And your one minute video, it's like, they're just little snapshots yeah. of your life. Like yeah. who you are as a person. That's it. And at the end of the day, I think all, all any of us are ever looking for in life, really, is connection exactly and we're keep trying to connect through relationships with people through friendships through partnerships through, through voyeurism yeah through everything through you know through the internet through social media yeah. you know that that's opened up a, a level of connection music music is a connection yes you know, that, that's <laughs> what it's all of these things that that we are trying to connect with and it's a two-way street you know our fans, if we, you know, if we're like lucky to enough to have them, fans. I like to call them community of followers. I, have oh, a thing I just call them friends. <laughs> yeah, okay, you trumped me. But I have a thing with fans. I have a thing with the word me too. I don't, yeah. it, To me, it seems um, like not isol- isolating. Yeah. yeah, or like aloof kind of thing. And yeah. I don't want that. I want... I want it to be a two-way the street. I want connection. Inclusivity. Yeah, so community, community of followers kind of feels like a more... And to me, like... I grew up in a small country town. I grew yeah. up with community. Yeah, and same. I, you know, and that was the thing I've always loved about the country music industry was the community. And when I moved to Melbourne and, and then, you know, and then to Brisbane and then, and then again to Sydney, I never felt that sense of community because I just, there was something isolating about being in a big city. Surrounded by all those people, it's lonely. It is lonely. It is. That, that like alone in a crowd, it, it's mm. very lonely. And, 
And the thing is that people that have spent their lives in cities don't actually necessarily understand community that well. Um, I don't think they have it on the same level that small no, country towns do. They have it in a different, way, in a different yeah. way. But also, like, people that grew up in the city, you know, they, they're still there. They're friends with their primary school friends. They're friends with their high yeah. school friends. They're friends with their uni friends. They're friends with their work friends. That's how their community has yeah. been built. But I'm suddenly this stranger that didn't go to school That's there. I don't. Part of their community. I, yeah. I'm not part of their community, and I'm trying to make myself part of their community. And on the one hand, again, like I've known a lot of people that have said, "Oh, Sydney, it's such a such a cold and isolating place," and. For the most part, I've had extremely positive experiences and everyone has been so friendly and welcoming to me. I don't know if I just got lucky or I don't know if it's just because I always have a smile on my face and people go, oh, she's a friendly person, we'll be friendly back. I'd say it's your personality probably. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. But so, you know, you get back what you put in sort of thing. But Which, exactly the same thing with your community online. Yeah, yeah. You give, you get, and, and that's the rewarding part of it. Like, yeah. Instead of thinking of your following as what can they give you like yeah you give 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 to them and you get all of that love back yeah. and it just makes and me so happy it's so nice mm. you know like yeah it's just it's so nice when when people are just doing things like sending you christmas cards and you know they don't have to do that that's you know, yeah. just because they like your music. Even and popping in on your page to wish you a good day. Yeah. Like, I love that. Happy birthday and yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's really, it's so sweet. And I've had people, even like friends and, and community or fans or followers yeah. or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> um, over in America and stuff that are kind of checking in going, hey, oh, are, you going, are you going with the yeah. fires and stuff? And, and, you know, that's really, it's really beautiful that people care. It's great. It's a it's a place for people to connect, and I think it's bigger than us as humans when yeah. we do music. It's, yeah, it's a body of work that becomes this this thing that's like this inclusive thing. But it's also like I don't know. I feel in some way almost sometimes when I'm writing songs, I almost feel like you know, like I'm channeling the universe the or something. You know, you're like not really writing. <laughs> yeah, it and it's like it's just, just falling out of you, flowing through yes. me. <laughs> but at the same time, isn't that weird though? But it really does. It feel really like that. does. It's I the time say, when I think I feel like, oh, this is how miracles really work. You know. <laughs> Some of my choruses, I'm like, that is so dumb. I'm like, I cannot stand in the way of what the song wants, though. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? You yeah. can't change it because you're like, that's how it was written. That's I know. what the song wants. That's, that's exactly so right. Weird. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like then you have an obligation to give back to the universe. Yeah. You know? So you have to do the best you can by that song and like... Yeah, by the song and, and by the people and by your community and all of that kind of stuff. Like... Um, I became an ambassador for Wounded Heroes oh, yeah, this, just right. late in 2019. And it's amazing, like, just the fact that I can give back in a so generous way is so... Let's quickly touch on that because we're running out of time. But yeah. this is actually really sweet. You um, you wrote a song that ended up getting picked up by yeah. um, an organization who... And just tell us a little bit. You're very passionate about this because yeah. you were talking about last night. <laughs> just touch a little bit on why they need the awareness. So, to their organisation. Yeah, so Wounded Heroes um, look after war veterans. And um, the thing is, I think that a lot of people in Australia don't realise how little government support they get when they return home. Um, there's a huge suicide rate in veterans. And on top of that, the you know veteran affairs and all of those kind of things, there's just so many people slipping through the cracks. And they actually can't help them. I was talking with the CEO of, of Wounded Heroes and... 
He was saying that veteran affairs call them and say, we can't help this person in time. We need you. Know, you. We need you to step in. So vet, uh, wounded heroes are a charity organisation that yeah. are helping those that have been that have fallen through the cracks. Absolutely, because yeah. not enough is being done. Not enough is and it, and on not the government side. Not enough is being done on the government side of things, and and also government is so slow. Bureaucracy is so right. slow. So wounded heroes fill that gap, and they, so they feel play that a gap. really important role. Yeah, and they don't get any any subsidy at all. It's a hundred percent just through donations. From, so you wrote a song. Wrote a song. Two guys that are song out of retreat. Yep, you're in Nashville. Yep. You ducked into a studio and recorded Quickly it. Quickly ducked into a studio. Quickly ducked in. How good is that for a problem? Oh, I'm in Nashville. I need a studio. Oh, no. Um, there was a few around. Oh, my God. I just, I could, I'd lose my mind if I recorded in Nashville. Anyway, back to you. Yeah. Um, so you recorded it, sent it back, and you guys have gifted this song to Wounded Heroes yeah. so that they can sell it. On a donation. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you donate to Wounded Heroes, you'll get a copy of this song. Yeah, for the as next a gift. Year. Yeah, yeah. So I think you guys should do that. Can we have a website for Wounded Heroes? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just um, WoundedHeroes.com. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Y'all go Google. Google use it. <laughs> Wounded um, Heroes. <laughs> and go go read up about it because it seems like a really um, great thing. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things going on that need our money yeah, right now. Yeah. But if you're listening to this in a couple of months' time, yeah. and the fires have all died down, hopefully. Yeah. Um, go and check out the song. I really want to check out the song. So I'm going to go and make a donation and get it. And uh, Renee, we might... Uh, wrap it up is there anything that you wanted to say if there's anything that you could put out there right now anything you any best advice you'd give someone any like deep dark secret you want to get off your chest um i think if i was giving any kind of advice and probably to myself more than anyone <laughs> else it's just you know when you are feeling down because that's going to it's, you know it's, it's a roller coaster yes. it's going to keep happening but when you're feeling down and that it's really a tough industry to be in and to, to to take a step away, smell some roses, meditate, do whatever you need to do to kind of get remove yourself, remove yourself from yeah. the situation and just like take some deep breaths and regain some clarity and then just try to remember what it is you love about music. And mm. um, because for me, even in the darkest hours where I think I can't do this anymore, that's it, I'm giving up. I think, well, what am I giving up? I'm giving up everything that makes me happy. So yeah. <laughs> even though it's making me miserable yeah. right now, <laughs> it is also the thing that makes me the happiest. And when you and not and know as well that everything, you know, it's the wheel of fortune, it'll come full circle mm. and good times will happen. And when those amazing opportunities like a support slot for Adam Brown come along, enjoy <laughs> them. Find a way to take one moment, moment out yeah. and just go, okay, I'm scheduling an hour where I'm, you know, popping a bottle of champagne and, and just having a celebration, doing a celebration dance around the kitchen, right, calling my friends. Woo! Celebration dance! Yeah, we're actually dancing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got another ransom boy! <laughs> I'm number 10 on the Kickstarter! <laughs> Man, you're so right. And what she said about stepping away, don't be scared it's going to pass you by because I, I checked out for a year. And I'm, nothing's changed. I Actually, you know what? That was the biggest thing for me. I have felt like I was losing. Oh my gosh, if I don't do this right this second, I'm, I'm going to miss out. out. I'm going to lose out. When I had just released um, earlier this last year, I guess now, in 2019, oh, yeah. I just released Butterflies and then I broke my leg. 
Right. So and you I, felt like I felt like that's it. I've fallen off the deep end. I went into complete hibernation mode. I could no. not cope. It was one of the darkest hours of my life. And I you was felt very you were much struggling. All the work you put in was really, all being undone. I really did. I was like, wow, I am not promoting my song at all. Yeah. I'm not doing anything towards it. And then I came out the other side of it two months later thinking, well, that was a waste of time and energy because I'd put in all this time and energy leading up to it and then I released it and I dropped it. I just dropped it cold because I was broken, literally <laughs> broken. And then I started just going, oh, well, I'll just do a little bit of promotion for it now. Two months later, why not? And yeah, two it never gets later. old. And then suddenly I'm charting and people are talking about it and it's getting video streams and yes. it's getting, you know, and it was getting traction again. And I was like, you know what? I didn't need to worry about it. it I, thought I, I thought if I didn't do this on Monday night, it was going to, oh, well, I couldn't do it Monday. Well, I'll try and do it by Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, I didn't do it Tuesday. Two months later, you did it and it was fine. And it was fine. Yeah. So just. That was a huge eye-opener for me. And now you can relax a bit. Now I can relax. With your releases. Yeah. And, yeah. and 2020, I'm just, I need to learn to smell the roses, work smarter, not harder, and take those t that time out for rest, recuperation, yes, self-care. Yes, ma'am. And celebration. Look, that is a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much for coming in, Renee. And uh, I hope you have the best time at the Academy ah, of Country Music. I know, I'm so excited. And the following festival, you'll have yeah. two weeks at the Academy and then two weeks at the festival. It's yeah. a big month for you. Huge. Um, but we will be seeing you. Actually, I'll be recording podcasts over the festival. So let's check back in Woo. and see how you enjoyed the Academy. Okay, sounds great. All right, thanks, Renee. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Country Music Podcast. We'll see you next time.